Ivy Coaches presents. Hi, Ivy Coaches listeners. So this is the second part of the interview between Coach Pedari and Michelle Stridham from the SMG Group. Join us on the right. I guess um, in sales, that word is a bit of a taboo, and it's also a bit of a you, you want to use uh, you know failure and I failed uh, too much. And the reason I put you on that spot is during these times. I think salespeople specifically are under immense pressure to perform more than ever with less, less funds, less human resource, and less time. Yeah. Those three things together are not an advantage of any sales person, whether a super sales guy or you know, um, or average sales guy or, or lady, if there is. Um, what is your advice to them during the recovery? Because we've been, COVID is behind us. Whether we like it or not, it's behind us. So now we're talking about the future. What is your advice to people, professionals, that want to stay on track and want to fight, but don't have the resources, don't have the time, and pressure is on? And how can they, how can they strengthen themselves? And I'm so glad you said COVID's behind us because it actually is. We are now building to thrive, forget to survive. We've moved past that. So thrilled to hear that because that's really the road forward we should be all aiming at. So to come back to your question, say, so first of all, I get it that organizations, you know, post 120 days, it was tough. Everybody had to go into what are we doing? Who are we keeping? Who stays? Who goes? I understand that. You know, there were big winners and there's been severe losers in different industries. So where we are today, a couple of points of advice I'd like to say is, first of all, to your point, organizations are loading. Let's just stick to salespeople, if I may. Absolutely. So they're loading their sales resources to do more with less. And my first reality check to them would be, you have to understand you're not dealing with machines, you're dealing with human beings. So whoever you've chosen to be with the organization, let's just, let's just reconfirm what sometimes people forget. Sales is the lifeblood of the organization. If you don't have clients, you don't have a business. And to get clients, you need competent salespeople that feel cherished, that feel supported, that have a positive motivation. And yes, we're always going to be under pressure to close a deal or have targets of X, Y, and Z, I understand. That's always going to be, that's the role we sign up to do. So my advice is whoever is within organizations still in a sales role, those leaders should be investing in that talent as best as they can to equip them to not perform, but overperform. Because while your competitors are circling the wagons and wondering what they must do, the clever companies, and I'm working with a handful globally, the clever ones are saying, Michelle, our conversion rates are bad. This is what's happening. What do we do? And I'm training those companies now. Because as we go up and up on this curve, they're not going to get out the, the, the starting blocks walking. They're going to be sprinting. So 
It's the ones that are there. Be realistic on your expectation. Yes, you have to have that bell curve of stress that keeps a positive stress level that drives performance, not breaks down mentalities where people are so internally strained and stressed, they ain't going to sell anything. So the ones that are there, what are you doing to make them feel appreciated and supported and to be realistic that if you want them to hit $10 a month, maybe for the first three months, they're only going to hit five or six or $7. But be realistic and, and let them build up the confidence to actually gain good momentum given the market realities. And my advice is go after less but gain more. Instead of your bosses saying go after 20 new clients, no, go after five and close four out of five would be my advice. Because we spend so much time and the salespeople are under so much stress chasing their tails like chickens without a head. And that's just demotivating because then your manager comes on the line or your sales VP and gets a stick out and says, Michelle, what the hell have you been doing? And you're trying to be everything to everyone. Don't do that. Rather take a step back and look at where are you going to have low-hanging fruit? Go to existing clients. Try and get more business out of them. So try and work smart and clever. But salespeople have got the hardest job on the planet. It's probably the least respected, the most thankless, and yet we drive the revenues that the shareholders enjoy. So cut us a bit of slack and show the appreciation to those people that still have to drive the wheel forward that they actually on board with for all the right reasons. Otherwise, the good talent, because think about it, when you come out of a tough situation, who are the ones you want to hang on to? The ones that are average or your top sellers? You want to hang on to the top sellers. And who's going to be the first to go? The top guys. Why? Because the competitor is going to poach your top guy. Why? Because they're offering training. They're offering career progression. They're offering all the things you're not doing. So leaders need to sit back and also have a bit of a reality check on some of those priorities. And you know, for the ladies and gentlemen who are listening to it, this comes from a person who's been in sales for years, taking organizations from a closing average of 20% to 65%. One of them was in one year only. So, um, you know, um, walking the talk is very important in this job. And, and I think what, what makes you uh, inspiring is that you bring all that experience into your workshop, into your coaching, into your um, conversation with salespeople predominantly maybe and obviously uh, other uh, professionals who seek your, your advice. You were, if I recall very correctly, you were very, very close and it was I think weeks from um, conducting a disc workshop for a, for a huge hospitality uh, company, uh, Nairis International. And I think COVID-19 came along and, uh, you know, uh, kind of postponed the party for you for now. And not going to details, what were you going to bring to the participants without exposing a lot to the, so that we don't take away the excitement on coming to a DISC workshop, which is really exciting. I can tell our audience and the listeners, it is a must, especially in these days where workforces are getting slim and they're getting less and people have to do more for less disc is the way forward for people to get understand and get along understand each other and for organization to retain the right people because let's be honest you touched on it that you don't want to work with the 
like thinking people. I mean, you don't want to have the same mindsets all over and across the room because what's where's the diversity? And diversity is not only what is diverse to the eye or to the ear. Diversity is in the mind. And, and also, I think diversity is that we don't agree to everything, right? So without going into details, a group of people come into your workshop and do this, and they walk out. What do they walk out with? And what's next? First of all, they'll walk out with an experience they're never going to forget, number one. Practically, number two, they're going to walk out with a newfound confidence in understanding what makes people tick and understanding why their spouse or their child or their brother can rub them the wrong way. Because it's going to be like a light bulb moment in understanding what I need to do to really connect emotionally with someone in terms of positively, authentically influencing them to do the right business thing for both parties. Because it's not a trick thing. It's not a manipulated thing. It is understanding the power of human science and behavior. So they're going to walk out. I have to be honest, not everyone, but most of the delegates that attend the behavioral side, the DIS program, walk out and say, I want to take my own assessment because it starts with you looking in the mirror. So I do do assessments and debriefs one-on-one. -on -one. If you sign up for a program, you get the assessment in it. Again, depends how it's structured, obviously how long it is, et cetera, et cetera. So you understand the power of you. They're going to walk out understanding the power of themselves. Then they're going to know how to be able to adapt when necessary when they're sitting opposite someone that they're tasked to close that deal with, with that client who is different to them. How are they going to handle that? And it's, it's got nothing to do with, oh, Michelle, I'm shy. I'm an introvert. I don't, I don't. You can be a desk expert and become disc literate no matter who you are. doesn't matter because it's a skill that's easy to learn, easy to teach, and you then adapt it to who you are. Why? Because you've got the tools and the knowledge of being able to understand the mechanisms that make up the effectiveness when you're bringing it into your sales world and your sales strategy. Because it starts with the relationships, so hell, you know that. Sales are built on relationships. I don't care if it's the AI world, this world, that world, pre-post-pandemic. We are all relationship social human beings. No one is going to buy from you, whether it's a product, a banqueting area, a service, if they don't like you. So you got to make sure that there is that connection and the program will bring all those answers to you. And I feel like this should be taught in school. And I think that sometimes maybe this is something that should really, really be taught early in uh, every human being's uh, life um, because it might make the world a better place. Now, what would Michelle give us a tip for making the world a better place? And I know that right now, so much has happened in the last couple of weeks and it's happening still in some, in some parts of the world where we, we might think diversity and workplaces are diverse, right? Uh, we live in a very diverse country. Uh, I was, you know, we're, we're, we're residents in a very diverse country, but as a member of this world, we are in a diverse planet. So what is your advice? What is your one tip that makes this world a better place? to anyone listening, sales, 
no sales. Leader, no leader. Father, son, mother, daughter, husband, wife. Be less judgmental. Be less judging in your views and your opinions. And we love to jump to that very, very quickly. And with the tone of being less judgmental in this world, coupled with that, Sahel, I would say, is, is we have to develop this, this breath and this appetite for tolerance. Because, I mean, it's pretty scary what, what is happening out there. But to make the world a better place from a connectivity perspective, from a human perspective, stop judging. Stop thinking you like this because when you don't even know me. Uh, so the judgmental part is, is a big thing for me linked. Secondly would be be more tolerant and, and, and abandon the judgmental mindset. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I think uh, if everyone starts with that as a step, we will definitely have a more, uh, more opportunities, more fair opportunities and more uh, possibilities uh, in front of us. So what were your best resources when you were starting the journey with the SMG group? So we know your philosophy. We know where you, why you started. We know why you love doing this. But did you have proper resources? Which were the best resources that you had at hand, whether it was material or it was human resource. What was that made you successful and making you successful today? If you can share that. It's so true because when you make this transition, it can feel like you're literally in a canoe on the sea with no oil. <laughs> you just dropped <laughs> in. <laughs> I felt like that a lot. I think you're lucky if you have a canoe. I think you're lucky if you have a canoe. It might be just one of those tires, you know, like you're just hanging on a piece of a like <laughs> yes, oil, a, a life jacket that you hope is still inflatable and a shark's not going to bite you. With a couple of holes in it. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to laugh. If you don't laugh, you're going to cry. you got to uh, laugh. Absolutely. Laughter, life's all about laughter. I love laughing. <laughs> uh, so, the, so the transition in terms of the, the resources the, the, on, on different levels, fantastic question, Sale. First of all, from a material perspective, the material in my backyard was probably my bench strength because I had that. It was something that it had evolved throughout my life that I had personally done, tried, failed, gone along the steps, the journeys, the highs, the lows, etc. So it was then understanding the other pieces. And I have to say two things come to mind. I have a business mentor that I still work very closely with today. And he, he was incredible because I would, you know, he would kind of keep me on track. And, you know, this is a guy who's actually been selling for over 50 years. So, you know, he's latter seventies today, but an incredible, incredible person has been a personal mentor to me from professional sales, personal level. So he, he was a big help for sure. And then one or two other professional people that I guess gave me guidance where I was going off peace, trying to achieve something which actually I was focusing in the wrong direction. But more importantly, the love of my family. The love of my family gave me the strength. You know, I still remember even conversations today 
with with my family and I sometimes put my hand in my hand and say, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> I say, what do you mean how are you going to do this? But remember what you've done. Oh, you know, you forget. So the love of my family, my husband, my brother, my mother, my father is, is so critical because they are my anchor without a shadow of doubt because running your own business is not easy. And yes, you might say, well, I'm a great seller. And you go out there having lived in Dubai for 15 years, thinking all the clients and the network you have, they're just going to all hire me to coach and train. Wrong. That never happened. Oh, <laughs> so, there was a few reality check moments in a couple of months. I'm thinking, hmm, okay, this is interesting. <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's so true. Um, and I'm glad you brought the word mentor into the, into the, into the sentence. I think more and more, the role of a mentor has has disappeared, right? You know, the back. I mean, um, I haven't sold for fifty years, but uh, twenty plus years of, of selling and working professionally, and I always believed in the word mentorship, and I always looked for um, inspirational mentors. Now, in our modern days. The general, you know, the new generation, or uh, you know, and I'm not going to call them names now, but the generations that are coming and being, the word mentorship has dissolved. Is 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 you know, it's like a, in thin air. It's just gone up, and that is such a great resource and inspiration if young or non-young people of all you know of all professions go back to one step and say, I need to find the right mentor. And now finding the right mentor is a quest in itself because it's not an easy task to find one and to keep. Um, but I think that is one advantage to you. And that's why when you said mentor, I think that is one of the uh, true um, advantages of people who are very successful in, in any business or in on their life that they don't say, I know it all. They, they keep on constantly um, having the conversation with the person who is close to them mentally, spiritually, and take, give and take, or just just listen. Not sometimes you don't have to even take or give, or vice versa. Listening is enough. Uh, so thanks for that. I think listeners or you know who are watching this, go back and see if you can really really find a mentor for yourself and and uh, have that dialogue on a consistent basis. So we're almost there now uh, for this um, podcast, but I got two more questions. One of them is, if you could step in my shoes right now, yeah, what would you ask Michelle that I didn't? Hmm. Where do you want to? What do you want to be doing in five years' time? Okay. In terms sure. of my life, my journey. I mean, why am I asking such a tough question on me? That was a stupid thing to do. <laughs> you see, the, the beauty of this question is that. It really doesn't put any pressure on me, but you, no, no, no. It, it's, it, I hand over everything to you. <laughs> there you go. Tell us I'll about pick up the baby. <laughs> you so, can sit back and chill. Have so, a sip of coffee. <laughs> so back to you. So what? What am I going to see in five years' time, Michelle SMG, Michelle Personal? What is that picture going to look like? You look at the stage of my business now, I mean, two years is not a long time. So I'm not, I guess, 
as one evolves, you can't say how I am today is where I want to be in five years, but the picture is going to be, I'm going to be globally known. I'm going to be the go-to girl for people who want the best sales training or coaching, move over to Tony Robbins or whoever these people are. There's so many millions of brilliant people that do brilliant. I just said Tony Robbins because not that, you know, I know everything about him, but I'm going to be the go-to global girl to help, to support, and to live the dream that I've always wanted to be destined to fulfill in this world and not only in this world, but, you know, for myself, for my family. But happy having touched lives, happy having traveled and experienced different things and just being really fulfilled and being able, I guess, because as one grows with the aim, we all want to get more successful but I also, I would love to be in a position in five years' time where I'm giving back more. And clearly, this would be from a financial perspective. Um, so, because, you know, we all reach our goals at, at different stages and channels. So, certainly giving back more to, to bigger causes and things that I'm close and, and feel passionate about in different parts of the world, because there is so much that's needed out there there's so much suffering the rich are getting richer the poor are getting poorer and i think more human beings even if it's just a little bit whatever you're able to each little bit can make a difference in the world so yeah giving back would have to be a bigger bigger chunk of of what i'm compared to where i am now well i can tell you that you are global already uh, in many ways and uh <laughs> that is uh, that is not a compliment. That's that's a matter of fact, uh, a reality. I think uh, when I meet people and when I uh, connect with people on a, on a more higher level, uh, you, you definitely see a person who's global mindset and a person who isn't. And and I think there are many people out there who bring things globally, yeah, in the organizations. Uh, and there are people who globally think. And maybe deliver locally at the point at this point of time or regionally, but uh, for sure I am more than more than hundred uh, percent confident that we're going to see SMG Group uh, globally. And as a matter of fact, you know you have, you have a very um, uh, nice uh, you know, a list of clients that you're working with, testimonials uh, that people can go and see uh, for themselves. And as a matter of fact, as I mentioned previously, um, post COVID nineteen, probably you will. Still have that exact you know, amazing workshop with Marriott International. Uh, go back on track where you had the global sales uh, and leaders coming to that workshop. That's an amazing, amazing job, Michelle. Um, we've reached the end of the podcast, but I'm not going to let you go without telling us where can our listeners and people who are watching the you know, YouTube channel find you online. So if they want to connect with you, how do they connect? So they can connect with me in a couple of ways. So, Hal, I have my own Michelle Strait and personal LinkedIn. I have an SMG Group LinkedIn account as well. So please, you can message me on my personal LinkedIn if you prefer. My email address is Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, at the SMG Group, or one word, dot net. I'm on Instagram as the SMG Group, all the normal Facebook, Twitter, etc. But generally, people normally reach out to me on LinkedIn or on email or on my website. The website, of course, the SMG Group, 
is my website as well. So you're welcome to check it out, have a look at some of the testimonials. Drop me a note with absolute pleasure. So the smggroup.net, listeners what you know, who is watching us, uh, viewers, connect with Michelle to understand more what she can bring to you as a person or an organization. Um, not just through the, this assessment, but through the whole thing, uh, selling and method and methodology um, and get some advice and get some uh, consultants. So thank you so much for coming today. I know we're going to have more podcasts with you in the near future. Um, it's been a, an amazing time spent over exciting, exciting topics. And this is only the tip of an iceberg. So all the way here from Dubai, uh, this is Coach Pedari, uh, and also I'd like to thank IB Coaches for a uh, partnership with me. And Michelle, thank you so much for coming today, and we will talk and see you soon. Thank you so much, Coach Badari. First of all, this has been an amazing podcast to you and the IV Coach team. You do a phenomenal job, and I've just—it's been such a privilege to be a part of this. So keep up the great work. You're touching lives. You're making a difference. Keep shining and keep doing the beautiful stuff you do, Sahel. And it's been an absolute privilege, and our friendship will be going on for as long as we'll be on this earth. So I look forward to catching up again, but thank you for your time. Thank you so much. All the best, and go, go, Springboks. Bye from Dubai. Thank you so much. All the best.